Hello and welcome. I'm Christina Irvin, leader of Team Clarity. I got sick and tired of blowing money on trainings and coaches giving me advice that just weren't helping me move past my blocks and be successful in my business and shine the light that I was created to shine in my life. So I made a decision. Are you ready to make a decision? Would you like to stop blocking your own path to success and fulfillment? Maybe you want to gain the confidence to overcome life challenges yourself. You are in the right place if so. We welcome you to listen to this week's discussion. Did you miss a week? You can always listen to our prior shows at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. To get one reminder of our next show, click on the follow button at the top of the page. It's time to dive in and let's get to work. Let's meet the rest of the team. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Julia Cologne from the city that never sleeps, New York City. Hello, this is Chelsea Wells from the mountains of Tennessee. Have a blessed day. Hello, and welcome from the gorgeous state of Wisconsin. This is Patty Anderson. Hi, this is Marcia Sertino, and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. Aloha, and welcome. You're listening to Soul, your host for Pay Me What I'm Worth Talk Radio. Team Clarity members share their class time with us for two main reasons. Reason number one, they want those they hold near and dear to know about the changes that they're making on multiple levels. As they change, by listening to these classes, people who know Team Clarity members may opt to change along with them. Reason number two, to share their stories with you. I bet their stories and life lessons will inspire all sorts of ahas for you, too. Okay, time to start the class. Pay me what I'm worth is worth the process. I'm not looking at it in time. How much time am I going to commit to it? Because I just may do more than three hours. But this is what I'm going to commit to. Everything else can go. I'm not getting any benefit from anything else. Okay. And it's taking me away from what is benefiting me. And you mean so much to me, just like Christina means so much to me. If it's not helping you and I'm playing a part in that, then I need to shift some stuff around. Keep in mind, I'm always going to put the mirror back on everybody else. It and has put it to on mean something for, you got. It has to mean something for you. The, the it ripple. is something for me. Okay. This is, you know, I can't even express in words how important this is for me. Okay. All right. Thank you. Page 48. Opening our hymnals to page 48, we're going to sing the song of Exercise 11, Who Else? What verse of that song applies to you? I'm going to read the various verses, and I'm going to ask you to pick A, B, C, D, or E. Which verse applies to you? Exercise 11, Who Else? The facts or fiction of what we believe we're worth quickly appears when we select from one of the following options, paths. Path A, I love what I do, and I want to take it to the next level. Path A, I love what I do. Path B, I like what I do but would rather do what I love to do. Path B, I like what I do. Path C, I haven't a clue what I want to do. I'll cope with 
things until I figure it out. Path C, haven't a clue. Path D, I hate what I'm doing. I want out now. Path D, I hate what I do. And the final verse in our song, Path E, depending on the moment, it's a combo platter of all of the above. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to do a roll call. Each of you, what path are you on? Who would like to go first and then toss it to the next person? Uh, This is Julia. I'll say I'm on path A. Oh, your turn, Christina. I am on path E. Go ahead, Marcia. I am on path E. <laughs> Depending on the moment, it's a combo platter of paths A through D. Chelsea. I'm Go ahead. on path A. I love what I do, and I want to take it to the next level. Thankfully. No one chose path D. That's good. Hating what you're doing creates a whole energy around us that just is a self-fulfilling, spiraling down prophecy. True? True. Very true. So I'm delighted to hear that path D was not selected. And path C was also not selected. I know each of you know what you want to do, although there are moments where you're going, really? So in this process of our paths, I'm going to offer you a tool that I use when I'm asked to be the lead of something. There's a little exercise I'm going to ask you to get your pad, a paper, and a pen out. And this exercise will also help you frame your relationship with any mentor that you have because it will take what is implicit and make it explicit. Oftentimes when I've asked to be the president of something or the co-chair of something or I'm hired as a consultant to lead a group or a team or basically I'm stepping into a role of leadership, I invite all of those who are going to be, for lack of better words, my reports, people that I'm responsible for. And if I'm lucky, I will have the people who I'm responsible to join this exercise because it really helps us frame facts from fictions. Is it fair to say that it's rather important to know what our facts are and even probably more so know what our fictions are? Is that a true statement? Yes. Yes. Okay. In this exercise, normally I have two pads of post-it notes. One is a yellow and one is a blue. For this particular exercise, you can just write these things down. You don't need the post-it notes. But I'd like you all to stop and think about, in your mind, when you think of a leader, a really good leader, someone you want to be mentored by, what are their top five traits? Take a moment now on your piece of paper and just brainstorm traits that you admire in a leader. What are those traits? Are they punctual? Are they honest? Are they friendly? Do they smell good? What are their traits? And just take a moment or two and brainstorm those traits and write, write your lists down. And for gentle listeners, while you're listening to this show, you better be writing these lists down too. This is an interactive show. <laughs> so as you're thinking about these traits, think about someone who you really do admire as a leader. And when you think of that person, if you were going to introduce them on stage, what traits 
would you be sharing with the audience about this person? And this can be an ongoing exercise. For the purpose of this class and this show, we don't have a whole lot of time. So normally I take a good five minutes on this. But as you're writing down the traits of leaders, it's helpful to have a person or two in mind. And this person may or may not know you. Maybe this person is a person you've read about and you just intuit that they have the traits that you like in a leader. So after our five minutes are up, I generally ask everybody to get up and take their post-it notes and post them up on one side of the walls that we have so that everybody can see what everybody else's traits are. And then generally in this meeting, I will break people into teams and I'll ask them to start chunking down things. Let's roll up the top five traits that the team sees in commonality. How many people said the same thing? Let's roll it up. And so we do an exercise where I'm allowing people to interact and mingle and read and collaborate, and, and they're boiling it down to the five top traits. And so for today, roll call once again. I'd like you to select the one trait that you find most valuable in the leader. And if the next person, if you were going to say that same trait, you can say ditto, but then you have to offer another trait. So by the time we're done, we'll have five unique traits. So I'll kick it off with Christina. Christina, what is the number one trait you seek and admire in a leader? Diverse experience. Okay. Chelsea? I wrote down several things. As a transformational leader, they work with the team, not over them. So collaborative. Yes. Okay, diverse experience and collaborative. They value the collaborative experience. Okay, Julia. Not judgmental. Okay, Marcia. I'm going to say compassionate. Compassion, very good. And what do you think Patty would say? Let's intuit. What do you think she would say? Honest. So as you think about those top five traits, you've now exposed to the team what you value. Yeah. Yes. How do you demonstrate that trait in your life? More importantly, how consistently do you demonstrate that trait in your life? The point of exercise one is while you hold a leader accountable to honesty, diversity, compassion, non-judgmentalness, just how honest, compassion, non-judgmental are you? See where I'm going with this? Uh-huh. Where am I going with this? <laughs> you knew that was coming. <laughs> the facts mm-hmm. about yourself. And what else? If it's a fact that we admire it the most, then we will be it, whatever that trait is. Which in turn then allows the leader to lead even more effectively, yeah? Yes. Yes. Extrapolate. Where am I going with this part one of the exercise? For me to be aware of what I see in a leader that's important to me and to realize that I need to be that myself. For example, if I seek my leader to be honest and have a diverse experience and well, all these things that I ask of my leader that I want my leader to bring to the table, as much of that that I bring to the table, it opens up for the experience to have a more 
in-depth experience and dialogue between the two. So if I want them to be honest, the more honest I am, the more free they can be to mirror that and be just totally honest without expectation. Then they come with it. Mm-hmm. What else? Marcia, what else? I believe we also want to attract those same type of people to us, people that if I'm looking for com- people that have compassion, then I have to be compassionate. And if I want people to be compassionate towards me in my situations, then I have to also allow for them to be able to have compassion. I have to open the doors to that. So, for example, there would be one of my teachers that would listen to this beginning of the class and say, soul, you were not compassionate. You lowered the boom. You don't know what's going on in those people's lives. You don't know that you're even their mentor. You're making a lot of assumptions and you're not practicing compassion. I, I don't think that compassion means that you don't that you're not honest. Mm, interesting topic. Interesting twist there. As you're figuring out with this point one of the exercise that which you hold a leader accountable to and you value, if you're not doing it yourself, the art of hypocrisy seeps into the whole process. And I don't know about you, but hypocrisy to me has never produced fruit. (laughs) Right. Right. It's produced a lot of weeds. It's choked out that which could produce fruit. But I've never seen hypocrisy produce fruit something until enough people get sick and tired of being sick and tired and they say no more bs at that point then hypocrisy like a pimple popping goes ew we've got to deal with this right and then you start (laughs) dealing with it yeah yeah right yeah (laughs) part two thinking of people you absolutely despise people that you can't run away from fast enough people that you would not even want to introduce your worst enemy to what are their traits brainstorming time part two brainstorming time what are the traits that you do not like period end of story like i instantly started gritting my teeth and twirling up my lips like I don't even need five minutes for this list (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't need five minutes for this one so start writing them down what are those traits that you just frankly speaking you'd rather chew a piece of burning wood and swallow it before you would deal with that trait ever again what is it what are the traits And as you're writing those traits down, allow the feelings that you're feeling come forward because it's those feelings that ripple into every relationship. The traits that we do not like are also, as you're writing your list down as I'm filling airtime, the traits that you do not like are our most powerful teachers. The traits I despise are my most powerful powerful teachers because it triggers in me those feelings until those feelings are no longer triggered 
I recognize that they're teachers, and I'll get into that in just a minute. But we'll work our way back from a roll call. Marsha, are you ready to share one trait you just quite think the world could do without? Argumentative. Okay. <laughs> Julia? Micromanaging. Oh, yes. There's a good one. <laughs> yep. Nobody listening to this call has ever been micromanaged, so I'm sorry that this shows a bore for you, but we'll try and make it more entertaining. Chelsea? Holier than thou. Oh, does that also, could we say, also known as know-it-all? Mm-hmm. Yes. That, that's a secondary title? Well, holier than thou to me is someone who is always ready to judge others and sling dirt at others, but they live in glass houses. Ah, yes. Okay. So they don't necessarily proclaim to be wise. They're just above you. Oh, yes. Okay. Got it. Christina? Abusive communicator. Ooh. Give me an example. Yes, please. I had a coach one time who was just never anything positive ever came out of their mouth. They were always talking about the team. It was as if they hated something within themselves. Mm. And I'm not saying stroking or being, it was just never anything empowering or positive or encouraging that ever came out of this person's mouth. I take that back. When it did, it never felt genuine. It never felt authentic at all. Contrived. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I would always felt, which was, the second thing that I put down on my list, manipulative. Ah, uh, yeah. Being holier than thou, would that, another word, be like arrogant? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Okay. okay. All right. And what would the group say Patty would say? Uh, Patty would probably piggyback off of abusive communicator and just say abusive in general, mentally abusive. Okay. Why is the traits that we just listed powerful teachers for each of us? Each time I'm in a situation with a person that I feel is acting holier than thou, there's a lesson in that situation for me if I can get past not wanting to slap them upside the head. (laughs) There's always a lesson to be learned, always, about yourself. Yeah, yes. Each time I'm in a situation where I can see that they just want to start arguing with me, I know already that's going to take my energy away and I'm just not going to participate in it mm-hmm. because I don't need to, to go there. There's always that thing that rubs you wrong. There's usually a little bit of truth in, in that thing that we hate the most. So imagine then you've got 30, 40 people doing this exercise and they've got their blue post-it notes up on another part of the wall And everybody's walking around and seeing all of these disgusting traits, right? Uh Mm Uh-huh. And all of them are beginning to prioritize what those disgusting traits is. Do you think that there are more yellow positive or blue negative post-its posted, first off? Most likely more negative. Yep. The wall with the blue post-it notes is generally filled. The wall with the yellow post-it notes with the positive traits is a smattering. And to sit back and watch people prioritize the negative traits for me as a facilitator 
tells me what. We have a lot people more concentrate more on the negative <laughs> than the positive. As I watch people, the group dynamics, as a leader, you're always looking for group dynamics. True? True. Mm-hmm. Yes. Each of you are tasked with starting your own team, yeah? Yes. 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 I need to teach you how to do group dynamics, or at least buff up those skills, if you would like. True? Yes. True. Yes. So as I'm sitting back in this environment where I'm watching people sometimes get in very heated arguments about which are the worst traits, what do you think I'm learning? <laughs> You're getting a if, good idea of where their areas are that they could do a little work on. Those people who get in arguments about what the worst traits are and make it very known and try to bully their way to the top, who do you think are the sources of the worst office politics in the group? The person that hates it the most. (laughs) See what I'm doing here? You don't even know I'm evaluating you, but I'm evaluating you, and and I can guarantee you in groups that I've done this exercise with, I can nail exactly who are the worst office politics people by that exercise. I just taught you a tool that will save you tremendous grief. I hope you re-listen to what we just did. Questions on this exercise? No, that was good. That's good stuff. So as you start your groups, what are you going to do to help evaluate the team? Start writing down traits that we notice as people that we're talking to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Do you see how I'm helping you buff up your skills to work smarter, not harder? The more we can observe, which is the essence of the beginning of our journey together. I asked you at the very beginning of our journey together to observe doubt, guilt, shame, and worry and what it's done to you in your life, yeah? Yes. How has that rippled through our journey so far? What value has that been? Uh, it's been like non that I can't even put a price tag on that one. It's helped me in how I respond to situations. It's helped me actually enter into certain situations without the expectation. It's helped me be mindful not to even indirectly place those things on other people in other situations. So that something that it, it's helped me be mindful of what I'm doing so that it can't be perceived that that is my intention to manipulate and control somebody using doubt, guilt, shame, or worry. And it probably, I think, made me do a nightly call out on Christina on my crap. <laughs> <laughs> poor Chelsea. Oh, poor Chelsea. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I mean, think about this. As you get into requesting a mentorship relationship, being more mindful of where you're at without guilt, shame, and worry helps you frame your relationship with that mentor. True? True. Mm-hmm. That helps you set the ground rules, too. Makes it a more fruitful relationship. So if all of a sudden you're approaching someone who, you re- who they're doing what you want to be doing, and they're famous, and they've got 1.8 billion people in their Twitter feed and 9.75 trillion people on their Facebook, and their word is heard by everyone, and oh, my God, oh, I'm one of their students. I get to be one of the. there's my guru. Oh, my God, yes. 
and then they start making you doubt yourself. They make you start feeling guilty, shameful. They make you worry. Are you going to say, but because of the 7.5 trillion people who bow at every word they say, I have to be doubtful. Are you going to buy that? No. Hell no. Them 1.7 billion people probably ain't done nowhere near as much work as I've done to be aware of who I am. (laughs) That's exactly right. My point here is that Julia's four-year-old child, who hasn't even gone to school yet, reality checked her mother, who has a degree. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Does your four-year-old child even have a Twitter account? No. (laughs) See where I'm going with this? Our most powerful teachers here, folks, show up every minute of every day in our lives. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Page 44. Opening our hymnals to page 44. This is why it's so important to receive what we're worth and to give what we believe others are worth. When we balance daily what we give and what we receive, we establish a healthy flow between what we give and what we're able to receive. Ultimately, as we enjoy a balanced life, we find ourselves able to learn and grow with more ease and grace. Amen. <laughs> True balance? Is that not the goal in a lot of what we're doing here? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. It just goes to the mentors or leaders or coaches. If they didn't believe that you were worth it, I don't think they would seriously waste their time. Another gentleman that I have in mind would definitely not waste his time if he didn't think I was serious or think that I could do what he needs to be done. So where are you on your journey with Chapter 3? Where are you at your process of tabulating who you sense to be will be potential mentors for you? For me, in my spiritual world, soul, I absolutely believe that you were sent to me to be a mentor. Professionally, I have been given the great opportunity to be part of a transgender treatment team at the VA. We're doing a years-long education, and I have the honor to get to work with Dr. George Brown, who is guru in transgender health care. And I am very excited to learn at his knee. Wow, cool. Yeah, Congratulations. I'm so excited. So excited about that. I think I've been, with Chapter 3, I've really been going down the path of really calling out the mentorship. I'm glad we did that exercise in the beginning, the five traits that I value and and don't value, because a lot of people that I had established as mentors in some ways actually have, are out of balance and that they have more negative traits than positive traits, which is another indication to me as, as to why I have begun to sort of pull back from them. So it's just confirmation. I have to agree with that, uh, what Christina just said. I have been mentored for many years, but it got to the point for me where I needed much more and Not only that, I really needed to learn the process. 
of what my worth was, and I wasn't getting that with other mentors. I believe we choose our mentors, and I believe I chose you as one of my mentors. I chose you. You (laughs) (laughs) So... Let's do another little roll call. Julia. Yes. <laughs> Were you one of the people on your mentor list? For myself? Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, would I mentor myself? <laughs> one of the people that was on that list, is that you? Did you think of your? Uh, no, I was not thinking of myself. How about no. you, Chelsea? I have to say no. Even though I do consider in my profession, my job at the VA, I have a lot of other social workers and other disciplines that will call me and ask for my opinion or what I would do. So I think in a lot of ways that I already am a mentor. When I was looking for a mentor, I wasn't looking for traits. I was looking for someone that I connected with, that I felt understood me. Fortunately for me, this person has all the traits that we spoke about. But if if I was looking, I wasn't looking for the trait. I wasn't being as specific as fact and fiction. This is the person. I knew it, and I just went for it. So in a way, you were... Indirectly looking for those traits, though, right? That's what you were attracted to, those traits. Yes, I was attracted to his traits, yes, but I didn't physically write them down and say, okay, this is what a mentor has to have. This is the first time I'm learning something like this. So, Marsha, was one of the people on on your mentor list, were you thinking of yourself? Was I thinking of myself? No, Mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking of myself when I was thinking of a leader that I was attracted to. Okay. And just for the sake of rounding it out, I will go ahead and and say that I actually was thinking of myself because oftentimes that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for me. When I'm in business, my ideal customer is so me, (laughs) you know, and when I'm looking for a mentor and I look at the qualities of a mentor, I literally did say somebody kind of like me. Now, did I put myself on that list? No, but I did say somebody kind of like me, which brings me to kind of what you were saying, Julia, a minute ago about it was almost like the inflection in your voice was like, did I put me like me? In fact, could we or couldn't we be a mentor to ourselves? Yes, I believe so. So was talking about the importance of balance, kind of like nature and the ecosystem itself, I'm dying on getting a little scientific here, and I can't go all the way back to sixth grade to remember all of it, but literally nature already has things in place to take care of, of balancing out the ecosystem, right? Yes. So for us to be mindful of our balance is important, but it's balance in all things, right? Because what we tend to do is we'll balance out this, but we'll let that go because there's all these plates in the air and we can only catch one, right? Correct. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So when it comes to being a mentor yourself, as we're tasked with starting up our own teams, what do you think about this discussion so far when it comes to traits of a mentor and balance? What I think about is when I'm looking for a mentor with certain traits, I need to make sure that I am showing those traits as a mentor myself and that I'm consistent. 
So is it fair to say that if I am a mentor, if I seek to be a mentor or a lead and build a team, if I'm looking for people who are empowered and who are looking for positive and who are action takers and who are consistently being a person of their word, then in fact it's important for me to be exactly what I am looking yes. for, what I seek, right? Yes, exactly. exactly. You have to be that person. Yep. Is it fair to say that part of being that person is actually sharing that and, and showing that? Yes. Mm-hmm. So what are some examples of some ways that I can, that you can, that we can show examples of that? Give me some examples. Copy-paste these classes that we have on all the social sites, emailing people to listen to our class, an example of our class. Share that Blog Talk Radio show that we are on. And being much more active in the back office. For my part, letting us as individuals stand out to what we've learned. We can put it in our blog. We can put it on our YouTube channel. Just using social media, you yourself, how you've changed. You actually speaking of what you've learned and how you are changing. That's what I was looking for right there, Julia. Mm -hmm. That's it. it's, It's easy to share, but it's... It's one thing to share it, but it's a whole different thing to actually be it and, and, and demonstrate it, right? Remember, I think for me, one of the words that I've written down in my notes for today is to demonstrate. Well, you ladies are talking about doing a YouTube then, correct? Whatever makes you comfortable for you to share how this has changed you, how it's changing you, each single exercise each single item that you read, even if it's three minutes, but you're sharing it with everyone else. Right. Use what you have to share right. with the world. Yeah. Be, be, and by being that, even, even walking by somebody and standing by somebody at the bus stop, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can still be that change. What I'm really pointing out and what Julia is expressing, that yeah, like I'm excited going on the souls, I'm grinning ear to ear and <laughs> bowing to you. <laughs> Literally, I, just, I think. We're, we're sharing our excitement and talking to people about it. We're just, it's not just talking or rating or whatever. We're expressing ourselves. We're expressing what a great program this is and why we would love to share it with people why we love to share it, why we love to talk about it. Yes, but uh, being mindful, Marsha, of the difference between selling it and being it. Oh, yes. Oh, definitely. Right. Yeah. People don't like to be sold. People, it's just something that's really, that's part of, they want to hear that you're sharing something instead. So is it fair to say that if I want to For example, if I want to share with somebody that has helped me in my business because I'm a better listener now, is it fair to say that they're going to really believe it if, in fact, I'm always talking and I'm not ever listening? If there's not a balance? They're not going to believe it if you're always talking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Your action equals your deed, right? I mean, that's your action. You're always talking and not listening. 
Therefore, how can you say that? That does not make sense to them because they still feel that you haven't heard a word they said. Let me share an experience I've had this, this week. Uh, my manager, we, we were having my quarterly scorecard performance evaluation. She just point blank asked me, are you happy in your job? I just want to make sure everything's okay. I know that we undervalue you and we don't l- leverage your education and your skill set to the fullest. I just want to know how you're doing, Christina. I just want to know where you are in your mindset, like what, what's going on with you. Because of this course, I've gone from deciding from a point of where I wouldn't have said anything before. I would have just been like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, trying to control outcome because I wouldn't trust how she may respond or because I was worried about some ramifications or whatever. I wouldn't have said anything to, now I'm going to be authentically me, unapologetic, be honest, share, and she can choose to take it one way or another, but that's not my business, that's not my job, that's not my focus, right? About the time that we really started this course and I really started doing some really big changes was probably towards the end of that qu- of the first quarter, and literally I said, things are a little different now. She goes, oh, gosh, there's a, there's a big difference in you right now. Like I've noticed that it's not as bad as you seem to be feeling at the first of the year. And see, I've made her so curious about me because even though clearly nothing has changed in the job, and if anything, things have kind of gotten worse as far as restrictions or whatever, but my being is different. It's stronger. It's more positive. It's more inviting. It's more happy. That has made her curious enough to come over and ask me what I'm reading and ask me what I'm listening to and notice me and even go so far as to say something. You see, I'm being it. So I don't have to in any way sell it or in any way try to decide what will be attractive to her. I don't even care if it's attractive to her. I don't care if it's attractive to Joe Schmo because they still notice me being it. Does that make sense, Marsha, what I'm saying? Christina, absolutely. It makes all the sense in the world. When people start feeling who you are, I mean, they're actually starting to feel the fact that you are that person. It's very empowering, very empowering. And they just naturally, to me, it seems that they are naturally attracted to that idea, that whole person you are becoming. So, yes, absolutely it does. Awesome. Talk about this exercise. Keep it in mind what we went through today because another thing that I wrote down today was the importance of really being mindful that I can learn just as much or even more from this balance and that my lesson doesn't necessarily have to come from the perceived leader or the perceived guru or the perceived mentor. That person who just started their business today can be a huge teacher if I am open to receiving that. Right? Right. Would you agree? Yes, I agree. Sweet. I agree. So as we go into the exercise for this chapter, the next exercise, it's time to go out there and find a few people again and survey some people. Right? That's where we are, right? I hope that 
this exercise today for me has been really powerful in helping me go through that because I was really going down, down through and I was like, I don't know if I want this person to be the person because I don't know if I see them as a mentor. Like I was literally going through reading this chapter trying to decide what I see as a mentor. Let's do a roll call style here. Chelsea, give me one aha that you had today. One of the biggest ahas that I've had today is to be more aware and more conscious of how I mentor others and try to be the mentor that I would want someone to be to me. How are you going to do that? Are you going to take some more time and explore your traits? Yes, yes. I'm constantly getting calls from other social workers and disciplines. I feel that I already am very approachable and I give away my knowledge freely, but I want to make sure consciously that I'm being the type of mentor I would want myself. So I'll be more aware how I deal with others. Julia? I need to work more on me. The, the learning just never ends. I think I'm better to the girls on my team and also just to society, my fans, my followers, is by staying focused on the inner me instead of the outside world. Marcia? As I enjoy becoming me more, I'm also going to be more aware of the people that I'm talking to and make that little checklist that I see in them or about these people so that I'm ready for the next time I have to talk to them. And by ready, you mean? The next time that we get together again to talk, I'm going to be more ready with what I need to say to them. Because that, I think, is difficult sometimes. Sometimes you come across those people with, you see those the negative traits, but you don't say it to them. You don't tell them. And you know they need to hear it. If we as mentors need the same thing from our mentors, we need to hear the things that we don't see. And as a mentor, that we want to become a mentor, then as a mentor we have to also learn how to talk to the people that we're mentoring and say the things that aren't comfortable. Learn from that experience as well. Maybe you could leverage the lesson that Soul showed us today in that he showed us by example, opening right. up our awareness rather than coming off preachy. Maybe that'll help. Yeah. Think? Awareness of our being, what our traits are, is going to help us greatly to be able to mentor the people that need the mentoring from us. The lesson, and it's not really an aha, but it's consistently, it's consistency, being consistently accountable to my word and my deed, making sure that that balance is there. Because if that balance is there, I am doing the work and I'm changing and I'm being accountable to that. that I'm consistently doing it. I don't feel the need to just actively go out there and be trying to sell it or anything like that. I just am. And I will just be attracting those people who are ready for the same transition in their life or they're ready for some growth or they are open to some coaching and mentoring. That's my aha today. Any questions, comments, cuss words, concerns before we adjourn the meeting? You say cuss words? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I used to have a basketball that would say questions, comments, cuss words. (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes a, a good cuss word is needed, like after one of those four-hour practices of suicide. <laughs> I just had, that's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> I digress. Yes, I agree, Chelsea. This was a very good call today.
Anybody else have any questions or comments? No, I'm good. Thank you. All right. Well, I love you guys. Have a wonderful rest of the weekend, and we will talk to you later. Remember, be mindful and, and keep balanced and uh, consistent with your deed and your word, right? Exactly. Yes. Talk to you later. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Have a wonderful Bye. day, ladies. You, you too. too. Bye. Well, that was great. Thanks for listening. As one of many Pay Me What I'm Worth team captains, it's my role to help people get serious about removing blocks to success. Blocks like doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. As you've just heard, our team is both real and serious about being the best that we can be. How about you? Are you ready? Are you ready to remove these blocks in your life? As you can see, I'm very serious about helping you live your life with less stress and more success. Call me at 423-737-5809. Again, that's 423-737-5809 so that we can talk about your next steps. To help you take those steps, you're welcome to listen to our library of over 200 very powerful on-demand shows downloadable just for you at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. And before you go, let's continue this conversation in the comment box below. I look forward to talking with you. You're listening to Christina Irvin, one of the many team captains for pay radio, radio worth listening to. Have a great day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.